We are back at it again here in the Davis McCord State Farm Studio. I'm your host, Zach Barry. The Legal Gambling Council is all in attendance. The fucking crew is back. But before I bring them in, remind you of the sponsors that make the show possible. I mentioned we are in the Davis McCord State Farm Studio. He is your one-stop shop in Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Mississippi for the service you deserve at the price you want. So stop looking around. Give Davis a call, 901-755-6110 for your surprisingly great rates today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm and Davis McCord are there. show also brought to you by Sola on South Lamar. Chef Erica and her team of food and beverage enthusiasts are bringing top-notch cuisine and libations to you six days a week. Happy hour, three to six. Fresh squeezed margaritas, ramen, two-for-one Moscow mules, all of that and more. They are bringing the best and brightest to you in-house or via curbside pickup. They are still offering that. Check them out, solaoxford.com, or call them at 662-238-3500 and place your order today. Podcast Rebellion and the Legal Gambling Council is also brought to you by LB's Meat Market, 2008 University Avenue in Oxford. Greg and the folks over there, the inaugural sponsor of this year's show, are doing the deal of the freaking century right now. $20, 16-ounce prime strip, and a pack of sausage. All you got to do is tell them you listen to the show, you listen to Podcast Rebellion, you read Red Cup Rebellion, you like Red Cup. You, you could probably just go in there and tell Greg you like drinking out of a red solo cup, and he would hook it up. Mention any of that that I just said. You get your 16-ounce prime strip and a uh, pack of sausage for $20. That's uh, a meal and a half for one. That's a meal for two, probably a meal for three. Um, so go see Greg and the folks over at LB's Meat Market. That's University Avenue across from Kroger. The best protein for all of your Ole Miss grilling needs. Gentlemen, welcome in to the studio. How are we doing? Not everybody all at once. I'm doing great. I am doing great. Look, um, did you know that uh, Michigan is not averaging 150 yards passing per game this season? Oh, boy. I love just coming out firing with a take like that. What, what, they're averaging less than 150 yards per game passing? I believe so. It might be 165. Either way. It's it's really low. <laughs> I tried to do the math in my head, and it's it really might not. That might be a false statement. <laughs> what quarterback would not want to play in that offense, particularly after having been recruited in an IHOP? Okay, oh, so man. their offense averages 164 yards passing a game. They average 10 for 16 for 164 yards per game. I mean, is their rush ends like through the roof, or if they just not? Yes, it is. They average two hundred and ninety yards rushing. Oh, good lord! I mean, they they're really good at running the football. Yeah, but I mean, you can't. I don't know that you can run. This is a deep discussion. I don't know that you can run the football to be like Ohio State, right? No. Probably not. Nah, who, I don't know. We'll who, see. Who, who yeah, can I mean, say? Who can say at this point? Maybe. maybe so. Look, Oregon kind of did. Nah, that's true. This is true. All right, real quick. Well, can, you know, any, can anyone – and I'm going to catch ahead. up in. Can anyone name the number one rated passing offense in the country right now? The Ole Miss Rebels. Nope. Oh. Um, if it, if anyone gets this, mm. I, I don't even know what I'll do. 
I'll, I'll Venmo you five dollars. Because is, is, is it like Pitt? Nope. What conference? <sighs> I want to give you that. No, it's Coastal. Western Kentucky. Nope, it's not Coastal. Ooh, Western Austin. Kentucky. So close. It is <sighs> Wahoo Wah, the Virginia Cavaliers. Oh, the one who ah. just scored on Miami again. God damn it. <laughs> What's the score now? Uh, it's 27 14. This is midway through the third quarter. They're reviewing. Uh, yeah, it's there, going there's over. A, a crazy play in the end zone. If you're listening to this, you probably have seen oh it by this my point. God bless. What, what a great uh, segue into our gambling show where I was about so, to say, don't so, fucking ever gamble. But so, um, Michigan, what I say was at 164. They play Wisconsin Saturday. Do you know what Wisconsin averages passing per game this year? Oh, it's got to be terrible. Uh, now, this is with the caveat that Wisconsin threw for a little bit more against Notre Dame than I realized because they got down so much. They also outgained the heck out of them and threw five five interceptions. Yeah, the end of that game. Wisconsin was averages one ninety seven. So ninety we're talking 94th about fourth in the country. <laughs> we're talking about two teams who do not throw the ball for two hundred yards a game. <laughs> Play each other on Saturday. You talking about year of our Lord twenty twenty one? In the year of our Lord twenty twenty one? Yes. Just leaders and legends alive and well in the Big Ten. (laughs) Leaders and legends in a goddamn rock fight. Um, (laughs) All right. So the last team in college football and passing is who? The last team? Oh, it's a it's a Naval Academy. Maybe gotta be. Yes, sixty three point seven yards per game. Oh, it's, it's like all comes in one play too. And then, but but Navy sucks. Y'all but remember right when Navy next, had like Kaibo, Kayaku, and Hada? Dude, they were like in the top twenty back then. Yeah, well, they had a, a guy get invited to the Heisman Finals a few years ago, didn't they? Right, he was right outside of it. I, I don't. I'm not sure that he did. Hi, uh, Navy is. God awful this year. Keenan Reynolds, Nashville native. Shout out. Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. To good to, to good pasture. Right below right next to them, though, is a good service academy. Army West Point, 70.5 yards per game. Oh. <laughs> right next to them, two Air spots Force. above, is another service academy in Air Force, 87.8 yards per game. But the most egregious thing possible in Nick, as a fellow buff boy, this hurts me to say this, but Colorado is averaging 85 passing yards per fucking game. Oh, where so is, what uh, happens? They're bad. Oh, Good, so bad. I was going to say, where is uh, the best service academy, Texas A&M? Where do they rank in passing yards per game? <laughs> oh, do, I thought you were the Citadel. Do, do Boy Scouts count as a service academy? Um <laughs> They're 72nd in the country. Woo, Jimbo, so, what a quarterback whisper. I'm, so, I'm shocked it's that high. If, like, let's say Tony Franklin or some Hal Mummy, some not washed up, but we could even say like a guy. Mike Leach? Prime. Yeah, Mike Leach goes to Navy and like installs the air, air raid. They 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 couldn't do it. The, the linemen would get abused because of the weight requirements. And they would have to run those get those splits up there. I mean, just being honest, and they would get uh, they would get demolished. I agree. The quarterback. I, agree. I don't think it would be as much a speed thing as it would be the line. That's yeah, that's yeah. where they're in trouble. They couldn't. The only way they compete now is because they kind of confuse you up there, and they've they're they're well disciplined and stuff. But like from a splits perspective, they would get to the quarterback every play. 
Mm-hmm. Did Paul Johnson retire? Yeah, he's he's old now. I mean, he's in his seventies, isn't he? Is he? Wasn't he seventy two when Paul he Paul Johnson was a long time Navy coach for those who I mean everybody who listens to this show knows who Paul Johnson is likely, but what is his name Paul Johnson? He's only sixty four, but yeah, he retired. He's he I mean sixty four kind of, is that's like twenty five years younger than Nick Saban. No, I know. The game kind of passed him by too. I mean, you know, he was like his his good times back at uh, Georgia Tech were in the early late aughts, early, you know, teens. I mean he his his run at Navy was pretty gnarly. It was really two good. And, two and ten his first year. Then he went eight and five, ten and two, eight and four, nine and four, eight and four. That's really good went, at Navy. It wasn't it wasn't all yeah. that bad at Georgia Tech either. I was gonna say I was no. just about to reel it off. At Georgia Tech, he was there. Let's see, hold on. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven seasons. He won eight or more games, one, two, three, four, five, five times. And then went to the fucking Orange Bowl his second year. So and then they won eleven games in twenty fourteen at the Orange Bowl. In two thousand seven, listen to this sentence on his Wikipedia page. In 2007, Johnson coached the midshipmen to their first win over rival Notre Dame since 1963, mm. winning 46 to 44 in triple overtime. Uh, was the Kennedy still the president in 63? Unless he had been shot. Well, it depends on the month. Yeah. Oh, That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So if that Kennedy was. Bad joke, Nick. Wow. <laughs> Too soon. Nick. He was. <laughs> Wow. He also Noted wasn't. Republican Nicholas Carr making uh, a yeah. shitty joke. <laughs> Depends on the month. I think they always play in September. So yeah, yes. Nick Nick started the pod by shitting on the troops, and now we're you know, shitting on JFK. <laughs> uh, depends on the hour. God, the legal gambling council is so fucking back. Start. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> we are. We are. By alive. the way, this is a gambling podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, welcome. Uh, to uh, our gambling podcast. All right. Um, Where we lose this, more than we win. Hey, yeah, not necessarily. Um, <laughs> we, we're actually, we're doing all right. Um, I think we're still in the black, I believe. Um, Is, as I say that, I doubled down on my under pick. Um, just got a free bet from Caesars. So shout out to the homeboy uh, from Curb Your Enthusiasm. His name is escaping me, but uh, shout out to him for giving me the free bet. Um, Wait, every everyone was in the black last week except for Ben. So you're really letting your results skew the whole group there, Ben. I am. I am two and one, two and one, two and one, and then boom, Ben was one and two. He got off to people forget. I started off four and zero. Yeah, he he was he was out the gate hollering. So we got Austin and. Austin's at eight and five. Ben's at eight, four, and one. Nick six and seven, and I'm at seven and six. So we're 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 doing okay. Austin and Ben are are, are holding us above water right now. Yeah, but Nick's last two weeks are really putting the team on the back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He just who can, who can, himself. Jesus. Who can say? He, he did. What a, what it's a hard sometimes to, to differentiate voices. I just wanted to let it be known. <laughs> All right, uh, th- this week's slate is a lot of fun. I'm excited. Um, we've got Virginia, Miami, um, just shitting all over each other right now on television. Uh, Miami sucks. Uh, I'll just say this. Anybody that's 
thinking that, you know, committing to Miami right now is a good idea. Whew, good luck. Um, they are bad. Um, but that game is live, so we cannot talk about that one in terms of gambling. Uh, let's go ahead and look at Friday if we want to do that. Um, Houston at Tulsa, number five, Iowa at Maryland, number 13, BYU at Utah State. Fun Friday night slate. Um, we'll get to those here in a moment, but let's go ahead and knock out the SEC first, and uh, then we'll swing back around to national games of note and get our locks in. Kicking it off at 11 a.m., everybody will be cranking their hog on ESPN. Number eight, Arkansas, which is still stupid as fuck to say out loud. At number two, Georgia. I'll just be very brief here. I think, and look, I'll do respect to our guy over there. Um, Sam Pittman? I think George, yeah, Sam Pittman done a phenomenal job in under two years. All jokes aside, all hatred aside to Arkansas, shout out to that random ass dude that fucking Venmoed us after we went on that rant about the Super Regional. That was <laughs> that was probably one of the coolest podcast rebellion moments ever. <laughs> um, I think Georgia just runs away with it. I don't give a shit if JT Daniels is hurt. I I, I just don't see it. I think Arkansas is good, but I just there, there's zero chance that they compete in this game. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and, if you guys don't mind, lock in. No. Um, actually, I'm going to lock in a little a little different than what you'd expect. I'm going to lock in under 49. Mm-hmm. See, uh, I was going to lock this in, but he can uh, he can take it. Well, I, you know, I, I waited. Uh, I gave it a, a pregnant pause to see if anybody wanted it. It started at 48 and a half. Um, getting to that 49 number, I think, is big because I, I just – I. FanDuel has 49 and a half, by the way. Oh, then please, please give me that. I, I My question okay, here fine. is, do I think Georgia breaks 35? Probably not, uh, in which case my answer then is pretty easy because I don't think Arkansas score more than 17. Um, I, best case scenario here, I see a, a 35-14. 35-17 goes over, and I don't see that. I really don't. I don't think Arkansas is going to score a ton of points. I don't think Georgia is either. That offense still mm-hmm. not – just I don't I just don't think it's great. I mean I, I know what they did to, to Vanderbilt, but I mean doing something to Vanderbilt is like doing something against Navy at, at this point. Um, and I don't think Arkansas is prepared offensively to score. I don't. I think that both um, you know the the the, the wide receiver Burks and and Jefferson are probably going to play for Arkansas. I haven't heard anything to the contrary, but how healthy they are, I don't know. Um, so. Yeah, give me uh, Arkansas, uh, UJ under 49 and a half. I'll be brief here. I, I think that this – I don't – I'm not a huge fan of this line simply because what is um, Georgia's quarterback situation right now? I mean, I don't think Arkansas can throw the ball in Georgia at all. I don't think Arkansas is really going to be able to run the ball in Georgia either. The problem is, is the game is going to go by so fast. Mm-hmm. I think that Georgia is going to run it a lot as well i'm gonna lay the points i can get 17 and a half from FanDuel. i'm not locking it in but i'm gonna lay them that's gonna be my pick that said i mean this is kind of a stay away game for me i definitely think the under is the correct play i I think this is 24 to 7 and you're sweating out whether or not it's going to cover at the end uh georgia yeah i love nick's under and um 
I don't have any Arkansas stock left to sell. I've been saying they suck since day one, and they continue Correct. just to make me look like an absolute idiot every week. So I've had to reassess, maybe reevaluate my, my my priors here. I have to really consider if I'm falling victim to my own confirmation bias. And after some soul searching, I've come to the conclusion that no, I'm right. They still suck. That like they continue there to benefit from their opponent's play. So they beat Texas when they were still playing Hudson card since Sarkeesian has made the switch to the other guy, Thompson, Texas is explosive as hell. It scored 70 points last weekend. It's um, one of the better offenses in the country now. Absolutely. And then they draw Texas A&M again with a quarterback injury and a banged up <clears throat> offensive line. A&M's offense has, you know, has no explosive plays, you know, but for one like 60 yard run by A&M's back, A&M wouldn't have had a play, I think over 15 yards in that game. Um, so I, I think, Arkansas's opponents are as fraudulent as Arkansas has been so far. I don't think that they can line up and run the ball against Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, KJ Jefferson last week, 46% completion percentage. They popped a couple of explosive plays on AM, but other than that, Arkansas mm-hmm. just kind of lined up and ran the ball. Texas AM has some really poor tackling in that game, but Arkansas didn't do anything overly impressive on offense. It was more a function of AM being really disappointing and not getting the ball carrier on the ground. Um, I'm with Nick here. I don't think Arkansas gets over two touchdowns in this game. No. I, I would worry a little bit that Georgia uh, goes a little crazy on offense because Georgia, not only are they a top 10 defense, they're actually top 10 in offense this year. Explosive plays, EPA, yards per game. I mean, they're sneaky good on that side of the ball. But I think because of the relationship between the staffs, it's not going to look like Vandy last week. I mean, it was never going to look like that anyway. Arkansas is obviously much better than Vandy, but I don't think mm-hmm. Kirby or anybody on Georgia's sideline has any incentive to run it up on Pittman, even if they're able to, mm-hmm. to do that. So at 33-13, right, like 34-13, <clears throat> something like that feels right. Um, this has to be the week that Arkansas's luck runs out. Um, but I've said that every week, so we'll see. Awesome. What did you say Jefferson had last week passing? 46% completion percentage last week against AM. But what what did, did you see a, a number of yards? No, I didn't. But uh, apart from that big gainer to Burks down the sideline where he kind of just chunked it up when AM was in like cover he zero. Threw, uh, he he didn't, threw the ball, he threw the ball 15 times for 212 yeah. yards. And I'm, I think he had 172 of those in the first half. Yeah. Makes which, sense. which I said that to say, I said it last week, and I, I know they ended up winning 20 to 10 and really wasn't all that close, but the only reason they at one point were, were going to win the game was because Texas A&M just simply didn't have an offense. They couldn't do anything. Exactly. I mean, Arkansas, when they threw it, I'm going to say they threw it in, in neutral. They threw it in reverse mm-hmm. offensively. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I just, I mean, Texas A&M, and maybe that's a credit to Arkansas's defense. I think it's, more of a slight against AM's offense. We'll get to that uh, soon. Um, uh, you know, we talk about AM, but but yeah, that Arkansas offense is just, um, uh, they did yeah. nothing in the second half. Absolutely also, nothing. I think it's also worth noting here that AM was the first team that actually lined up and tried to go toe to toe with Arkansas from a physicality standpoint. And Arkansas ended up losing Jefferson in that game to an injury, and Burks left the game with an injury. Georgia is AM times 10 in terms of physicality. Yeah, I mean, there's a chance that Jefferson here gets broken in the first half if they insist on running him. And there's a chance that Burks, who's been gimpy all season, doesn't finish this game. I'm not not wishing that on the kids. No, but it'd be a real shame if they were out for, you know, two or three weeks. 
Sure. A little obviously, goofy. Obviously, yeah, after yeah. the, it'd be a real shame if they had to sit him out for a couple games. Just bumps. Yeah. Is it, uh, is full, the Arkansas full recovery, win, but yeah, just take a couple weeks off. Is their win over Texas more impressive than their win over A&M? Um, yeah, just the way uh, they did it. It's probably, it, yeah, or, or Maybe, I mean, but you still got to give Arkansas a little credit for scoring 20 against that A&M defense because I still think A&M defense is solid. Oh, it's good, but I mean, they kind of blew out Texas. No, they they did. They did. We're they not giving Arkansas a ton of credit here. Now, no, I, 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 I think just they're think getting ever shellacked game. by Georgia, but yeah. you know, well, I say shellacked. I think it's gonna. I think that's a sharp line for me. Like, I, yeah, I, I mean, so too. But, they're gonna get shellacked, but the score won't look like it because Georgia is right. just gonna be well, maniacal. They're gonna y'all saw what them. y'all saw what Georgia did to Clemson. Clemson was never really had an opportunity to win the game right late there. I mean, how much better is Uyagalele than KJ Jefferson though? <laughs> I mean yeah, kind of trash, I'll be honest. I mean this this is one I'm, thousand... I'm being facetious, but like yeah, yeah that Clemson's offense is not good. No, I know, I know. I, I'm saying and Arkansas will will do similar things against them, I agree. I completely agree. What's what's this I mean brief sidebar here before we move on to Tennessee, Missouri, but things are things are kind of falling apart for Dabo right now. And it's mostly due to injury. They've lost a ton of people to injury. They they've got a running back that had a ton of returning production hop in the portal. Uyanga Lele's looks, you know, normal. Um he was really good a year ago in some spots and Man, I mean, they're relying on a true freshman at running back, and I can't tell you the name of a single receiver on that team. And then one of their better defensive linemen's out for the year, or two of their yeah. defensive – Breezy, the the five stars out. They lost mm. another guy that was a veteran. Um, the ACC is absolute trash, so they'll win games. But where are they going to fall? If they, wh- wh- what's their ceiling right now? Nine oh, wins? Uh, I, I mean – Maybe nine, yeah, but I think Davo's going to have to understand. Like today, you, you just can't simply do it without some transfers. You've got. Then mm-hmm. there's no reason. There's no reason that you should have to do it without transfers. There are good players in the portal that you can pick up, and he has this anti-transfer mindset. But the problem is, is that his players leave him, so it's a net negative every single year. He loses mm-hmm. one starter a year and doesn't replace it with a someone from the transfer portal. It's going to have to get over that. I mean, obviously Alabama's gotten gotten over it. Uh, they bring in transfers all the time. Uh, that's a problem. And I don't, they yeah. don't recruit as well along the offensive which, line as they probably should either. Which is, which is so funny because Nick Saban is quoted as saying that the transfer portal is stupid because those players are quitters for leaving a team. And then he starts picking all of them up. So that's funny. Um, yeah, you hate to see Dabo really struggling like this, but you know he mm. he runs really fast when he comes down the hill and gets ahead of the God, team. So stupid. <laughs> um, all right, next game. We don't have to spend a ton of time on it. It's also at 11 a.m. on SEC Network. Tennessee at Missouri at Furrow Field. Missouri giving two and a half here. I kind of like the Tigers. I, I I don't know if I'm just doubling or tripling down on the Tigers. I, I was really high on them before the season started. I just give me the proven quarterback. Uh, I mean, at this point, just give me the quarterback that a coaching staff trusts because I don't know who the fuck Tennessee is going to play quarterback. I'm laying the points here. I think the Tigers and and Basil I get it done. Right. Am I? I don't have anything to say on this game. Truthfully, am I missing something? 
I mean, yeah, why is the line so small? Yeah, they're at home. So you're telling me this game is essentially a straight up pick them uh, from. And I don't see what Tennessee has at quarterback. Um, I guess maybe their their play against Bowling Green should be commended. As sad as that is to say, because Bowling Green is not quite <laughs> as terrible as we thought. But I just is hook her out. No, I don't no, think, I think so. he's playing. Yeah. Okay. I, okay. I, yeah, I think he's playing, but I I don't I still don't know what I love about Tennessee. I don't know. I just feels like Missouri should be favored by more than the you know the difference in being home and away. Go ahead, Austin. I'm a little jaded after my Mizzou pick last week lost at Boston College. So I I watched that game. Boston College lined up and just ran down Mizzou's throat all day. Um, yeah, but I think BC is better coached than Tennessee, right? They probably are, and I think their system is more conducive to that type of game. Like, I don't know if Hypo has it in him to just line up and run Hooker sixty times. You know, I don't think he's going to do say, that. Who, who, who is the running back in Tennessee? Yeah, that's right. So, you know, I don't know. It is a weird number here, as Nick said. It'd be a they're saying pick them on a neutral. I don't think Tennessee has shown much to deserve that kind of respect, but. Um, I, it's an absolute stay away from me. The total was a little interesting uh, because Mizzou can't stop anybody and Tennessee plays at such a breakneck pace. 65 and a half feels a touch low, but I'm not going to get involved. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Vols. Uh, Missouri's got the worst defense in the SEC. Tennessee goes fast, man. They they average like a play left within 20 seconds, like less than 20 seconds. So mm. they're as fast as Ole Miss. I, I think the Tennessee covers the line. I don't know that I'm ready to pick them to outright win, but I might be. I mean, Tennessee, they really weren't that bad at Florida last week, at least for, you know, a half to three quarters of the game. I, 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 oh, God. I just – Ben, can we talk about how Dan Mullen absolutely covered the spread last week, like was oh, determined yeah, to cover the number? Right. Oh, he know, oh, he knows and, it, baby. He knows it. I, he learned that from Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer is a big cover the spread guy, especially when he was at Ohio State. Like, made sure that his boosters covered when they trying to cover the spread night for the Jags. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, but anyway, I I don't have really anything here, guys. Like these teams are. I mean, Missouri's defense is terrible. Tennessee's not very good either. That it's eleven a.m. and I mean. Like, this is the game that's just kind of on your TV after college game day. I, I, I don't really have anything that – like, this is just guard. We can move on. All right. Yeah, we can we can move on. Who – I mean, who truly cares about that? <laughs> um, no, no All right, next. <clears throat> Scrolling down. Time-wise, it's you-know-what. We're going to wait to talk about that one at the end. Um you're talking about Vandy Yukon, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Number 10, Florida. At Kentucky, at fucking Kroger Field, heading to the K. Roger, 5 p.m. ESPN. Uh, Georgia, or Georgia, god damn it. Um, already <laughs> drunk. Florida's given seven and a half here. Um you know, I'm not locking it in, but I am inclined to lay the points here with the Florida Gators. Um, I am not sold on Kentucky whatsoever. I think Florida 
has legitimately found something with Emory Jones. I think Anthony Richardson is a good quarterback. I'm not certain of what his status is with the hamstring, but I don't think it's going to matter. I, I just don't think Kentucky can keep pace with Florida. And I think at this point, Dan Mullen, like we've talked about, he knows the spread. He knows how these things work. I think this is more of a just to keep the folks in Gainesville happy. He knows what he has to do in this game, and you cannot, cannot fucking lose to Kentucky. So I kind of like Florida big here. Yeah, I, I don't know. The thing about the thing about Florida is normally they've got such an advantage on the offensive and defensive lines, and they're not going to have that on Kentucky. I mean, Kentucky's got one of the better offensive lines in the entire country. But, you know, eight points over that key number at home, I think I'd probably take Kentucky. I don't, I don't necessarily know that, that Dan Mullen is keen to really beat, you know, someone by two scores on the road. I, I just don't necessarily think Florida is that team. Um, the over-under kind of intrigued me a little bit. I thought about maybe taking the under. I think this is going to be kind of a, a little lower scoring affair, honestly. Um, but I, I just think that we're going to see some pretty good line play from Kentucky. Uh, and they're going to be able to keep it within, you know, what, what was it, eight and a half, you said, or eight. So I, I would take Kentucky getting the, you know, the, the little over a touchdown. It's weird because in years past, this number, I would have jumped on Kentucky, even though, you know, for years under Stoops, their offense was pretty anemic, but their defenses were always really solid and their running game was pretty good. They could always stay in a game like this by just hanging around and muddying up, uh, muddying up the game. This year, they're trying to do something different with Levis on offense, and they're, they're opening the offense up a little bit. The defense has actually regressed a little bit, which – you know, I think kind of opens the door for a cover by a team like Florida, who in years past wouldn't necessarily have just absolutely lined up and road graded Kentucky. I'm afraid that this year Florida can do that. Now, I think something that cuts against that is it's just hard to rally the troops for three weeks in a row um, to win a game by double digits. So, you know, Florida had Bama two weeks ago near miss there on the on the, the loss at home they get another rival following bama put up a really great effort at home cover the number look good doing so now you, you have to go on the road to sleepy lexington kentucky um a team that you've dominated historically i don't see dan mullen as like this master motivator in situations like this i'm kind of with nick here it's a stay away from me it feels sharp but if you gotta bet it i think you have to take over the touchdown at home with a competent team i mean kentucky's not great but they're not bad either i just think florida mm-hmm. sort of gets in and gets out and it's an ugly like 28 24 kind of game and this is i mean this is kentucky's essentially their super bowl i mean i know there's right. technically mm-hmm. arrivals with tennessee but that's a long that game's a long time from now and tennessee's a, a team they sh- really should beat this year so this is yeah. for Flor- Flor- you know kentucky looking upward at a team that they like you said have historically just gotten dominated by but they've had some close games in the last few years they've you know they snuck up and finally beat them after what was it 23 straight or yeah. something like that uh, and then they had that other game where, you know, it was, it was close. I'm not sure if it went to overtime. They've had some close games recently with them. Now, that's not to say they're going to beat them, but it's so much to say is this is Kentucky's, you know, it'll be 6 o'clock Eastern, under the lights. This is their game of the month pretty much. Yeah. And I think Florida yeah. will be just the opposite. They're gonna, Florida's going to be flat as hell in this spot. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, y'all are. Uh, I, I hate to say it, but Nick and Austin are dead wrong here. Um, <laughs> Florida's so going to go to Kentucky and and absolutely road grade uh, Kentucky. They average over, over seven yards of carry, like seven point six yards per carry. I think r- the running game travels. Uh, Florida's defense is going to be by far the best Kentucky's seen all year. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the way Kentucky opened the season. Their quarterback looks to be a lot more. Uh, comp. I agree with Nick that Kentucky's offensive line is very good, but I mean, who's running the ball behind them? And mm-hmm. and I just this is just a a different class of team. I think I think Florida wins by ten plus. I was close to locking it in. Y'all talked me out of that. I might circle back to that. I agree with a lot of your points. I don't think Dan Mullen's a master motivator. I just don't think it's going to matter. I mean, I mean, I I, I really, you know. Florida owns Kentucky. Kentucky's beat them one time since like 86. Not just one time, yeah. one time period since 86. I think Kentucky's won like, I, I can't remember the exact number, nine of the first 11, but they've only won like 15 in the entire series. They've only won like yeah. five since 1956. I mean, this is way worse. And I know we're talking about covering the spread here, but if you if it's just seven and a half or eight, I'll take Florida and, and and roll the dice. It's a stay away for me. I, I do think that Florida um, wins there. So the series is 53-18 in favor of the Gators. Um, the lone win 2018. Kentucky won. Benny Snell. Yeah. Um, since then, you yeah, tell got. Me the, tell me the last two or three games. In night, they've been close. Uh, let's see, Lexington 29 21, Florida. Mm-hmm. That's uh, a cover. 2019. <laughs> uh, 28 27, Florida. Not a cover. 2017. Wasn't that the blown coverage there late yeah. in the game where they yeah, just it was. literally didn't cover a guy? Mm-hmm. The, uh, the dumbest fucking game ever, 2015, when Jim McElwain was the coach, 14 9 win cover. in Lexington. <laughs> Um, I'm seeing covers, covers, and pushes. Yeah, and then 2013, Will Muschamp, Coach Boom, 24 to seven, ass beaten. Um, yeah, there's yeah, not another ben, cover on the page other than Ben. This. Ben nailed it. 1986, uh, Kentucky won 10 to three at home, barn burner. 1979, they won 31 to three. In, nope, in 1986, not- that was a barn burner. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I will give I will give somebody fifty dollars if they can name the head coaches in that game in nineteen eighty six. Eighty six. God, might as well have been Mark Stoops. I mean, I have no idea. Uh, yeah, never heard of either one of these. Rick Patino. <laughs> it was Calipari and Patino. They're on the sideline. Like Galen Hall. Holy fucking shit, Ben Woodhouse. What? Did you look that up? No. Who is Galen Hall? People forget out a relative on an Ole Miss team in that He's time period. Real, that's not even a real coach. Yeah, it's not. Damn a, it. All right. Now I got to Venmo Ben $25. I'll Venmo you oh, $50. I could, I could you not name. tell you Kentucky's head coach. I mean, you might as well, okay, it might as well have an Adolph Rupp. It was, <laughs> it, it was Jerry Claiborne. Uh, who could forget Claiborne? People forget Adolph Rupp. Huge it's like back when guy. they played like five SEC games a year, six SEC games a year. This is yeah, back when teams um, took trains to the games. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Are you going to see the oh football game? Let's hop on the train. <laughs> um, His NIL deal was with like Dapper Dan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't have to be Bobby, Bobby, Bobby Two Steps Johnson it, just signed an NIL on. with Amtrak. <laughs> All right. Oh, uh, this speaking of uh, speaking of taking trains and not going a just not going anywhere, um, Mississippi State at oh. fifteen Texas A and M game of the century. SEC Network, the Snow Bowl again. Um, the snow from all of the cocaine that the. Uh, Mississippi State people are probably doing now because they are in trouble. Uh, A&M is giving seven. Um, this game is just going to be so stupid. I, I I have no – I don't – I can't decide if it's this game or Auburn, LSU that I have zero feel for. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is just going to be the pillow fight of all pillow fights. Neither team has an offense that really does anything. Um Got to got to give credit to Will Rogers. He has found a way to just build up his statistics without actually like winning games. Um, well, my God, he's gonna, he's yeah he's gonna throw it seventy fucking times um, for like three hundred and twelve yards. Um, I I don't fucking know. Like A and M. Lay the points just because they have the better players, I guess. Um, I, I just don't trust. If this game was in Starkville, I would have some pause, and I would say maybe it gets weird, and State can either cover or win. I just, I just don't. They say defense travels, and, and State has a solid defense, but I just think A and M is just the better roster, and Jimbo's got to find a way to bounce back, right? Well. I want to go ahead and, and jump in so, to kind of like steer the conversation here. What was would Haynes King make this at Texas A&M offense that much better? I, because I really don't think there's any way you could not unless he's Matt Corral. It. That's what I'm saying. Like like Matt Corral changes the Ole Miss offense in in such a substantial way if he goes down, of course. But he, I think it was, it's, it was obvious coming into the season what sort of talent he had. Haynes King was based on, like, conjecture and preseason rankings and the fact that, you know, he was going to be a quarterback of a top-ten team, so naturally he should be pretty good. It was just wish-casting. Yeah, it, it, yeah, exactly what it yeah. was. And I just – I don't look at this Texas A&M team and think, like, oh, the problem's the quarterback's not very good. I'm like, the problem's the whole offense is god-awful. It's, yeah. I think it's the system, too. Yeah, it yeah. is. It, it doesn't – it's they're awful. not creep. Yeah, yeah, it's stale. And so I just don't. I I, I just there's nothing about the Texas A&M that makes me think they are a moderately decent quarterback who could be good in his first year starting away from being a good offense. I said to, all that to say Mississippi State has no desire to win games. They just like covering. Mm-hmm. Um, so they'll probably be down by like eleven with three minutes to go and they'll run like a nine minute offense to go down and kick and score and cover the game. I just, I've never seen a team that looks less like they want to win a game and more like they want to cover. It looks like Dan. They're frantic in the the last five minutes. They're frantic. And before then it's like they sleepwalk. Oh yeah. They have the worst first half, first half offense in in the entire world. Well, the, Okay. 
I'm gonna hmm. go ahead and uh, ask them. Do it. Like go ahead. I'm gonna I'm giving the four. Yeah, I, I'm I'm kinda as confounded as Nick. I don't know. I have no idea about the number here. I, I do wonder whether Jimbo can get A and M off the mat. I mean, what do they have to play for? At this point in the season, their season's done. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they thought they were a playoff contender, and I know what we can quibble about whether or not that was realistic. But point being, they're Texas A and M, and they thought they deserved to be a playoff team. Thought they deserved to be in it last year, and I think expected to contend this year for the West. Well, that's already done, and we're not even a fourth of the way through the season. So, um, I guess just over a fourth of the way through the season. Um, I don't know. I have no idea about the number. I. I, I'm like y'all. Mississippi State's offense is terrible. A&M's defense is good enough to shut them down for most of the game. I just don't have any faith in A&M's offense to do anything. And State's defense, much like last year, is actually pretty good despite their offense not doing much to help them out. Uh, Low-scoring game, I'm guessing here. I had a little interest in the under, but it's a pretty low number for a college yeah, game. Yeah. I I think it's you know no bet. Don't watch a lot of maroon everywhere. Who I, I have no game. idea. I I don't know. I guess A and M wins like fourteen to thirteen. Gosh. Oh, oh man. Do it. Uh, yep. Yeah. I can get seven at. Uh, bet MGM. A and M lay the points. Log it in. That was the head fake. I thought you were going the other way. I did too. even seven. Um, I mean, I could get seven and a half or eight. Or I guess I can't get eight. Yeah, I can. I can get eight elsewhere and take state. Look at some. I, I think A and I, I agree that it's going to be very difficult to motivate them this week. The problem is, and Zach touched on this at the very beginning. Will Rogers has great stats, but Will Rogers sucks. He's awful. And <laughs> and, and so like I mean hey, hey, he'd be a killer. Teams, he'd be a killer in that campus rack flag league. Yeah, he probably would. But you you know the the reality is the full Mike Leach experience here is them to go to college station and win. Right. Sure. They they barely beat Louisiana Tech. They smoke NC State with, you know, transitive uh, beat Clemson. And then they get beat pretty soundly at home against LSU, even though they came back, like Nick said, and covered the spread late to make it close. And now they go to College Station, where where likely a Mike Leach team rolls in there and they win by two touchdowns. And that's probably what's going to happen. But my brain is telling me the players just are not there. I mean, outside of what Wally, name a receiver for Mississippi State. I mean, name a like Leach always has a couple of guys like his good teams, the teams that can go win the top fifteen game on the road. And let's make no mistake, A and M, while their their offense is stale and their quarterback's not very good and that kind of deal, you know, they lost the neutral side game to Arkansas. They still have so much better talent than Mississippi State. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's I mean they've got better. That's I'm not saying that any different about Ole Miss. Not that I need to be diplomatic on the show. I'm just saying like. They've got good players, I, I, and it's at home. They're coming back home, and I think it. What is a Are they a one loss team right now or a two loss? One, one. yeah, one loss. Yeah, I mean, it, so to Austin's point that you know they're probably not a playoff contender, but everything is technically still in front of them. I mean, if they win out, they win the tiebreaker with Alabama, presuming Alabama doesn't lose another game but the one that they would lose to A&M, that A&M would go to the SEC championship. So, uh, because Arkansas is not going to be a one-loss SEC team. 
I, I think A&M comes back and walks Mississippi State. And when I say that, I think the total scares me at 46. But, you know, I think this is like 31-17 A&M covers. All right. Love it. Lock it in. Might as well. Got, got to live on the wild side a little bit. Yeah. Speaking of the wild side, let's uh, head on over to West End and uh, let's talk some Bandy Yukon. Um, Good Lord. Oh, speaking Jesus. of, you can get seats at the 50-yard line, row 40, for a dollar. <laughs> on StubHub. It's too expensive. That's, I mean, uh, but the fees are where we're, we're going to get you. I have to get to the game of party. <laughs> I'm not doing that. I need uh, that's they great should be paying next. you to go watch that game. Yeah. But that's that's great. Uh that's great to know. I, I'm gonna give my uh or give I, our buddy, friend of the show, Ryan Nanny. Um I think him uh last I talked to him earlier today, him and the uh the rest of the full cast are planning on going to this game. Um oh my God. Like in I, satire? I, yeah, I, that or like to somehow troll Stephen Godfrey somehow. I don't know. Um, that's mentioned, trolling on the libs. Like that's you're almost hurting. <laughs> Who are you hurting here? It's not they, worth it. Yeah, I mean they 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 talked about trying to get a pedal tavern and just put it in Godfrey's front <laughs> yard. Um, and yeah, I, I'll I'll let them know that that the tickets are that cheap because uh, Jason Kirk, Spencer Hall, uh, Ryan Nanny. And the crew are, uh, I, as of now, still planning on attending this game. Um, this one, look, all jokes aside, I, this one is so bizarre. Um, with the line, um, Vandy's giving 14 and a half, which is just so insane to say out loud because UConn absolutely scared the shit out of Wyoming last week. Mm-hmm. And... I luckily bet it live and got some money back when I took um, Wyoming to cover. I think it was like nine something or I can't remember what it was. I don't even remember what the final score was. I, all I know is that the bet hit, but I think everybody thought that Wyoming, the pokes, which are tracking still for my over eight wins pick that we put out before the season started. But man, UConn, Really gave him a scare. I, I don't. I, I, I think UConn covers, but I pick Vandy to win just because Vandy sucks, and I don't think they can score enough to cover. But oh man, I mean, whatever God know. you pray to, I pray to that God for the people that attend this game. Yeah, pray this one's over. I mean. But let it don't let people forget Vanderbilt's won an FBS football game. That's right. Pretty easily. I mean, Colorado State is yeah. on the road. They won the game. Yeah. The that's, that's who you need to pray for. The Rams. My God. I know. I just, yeah, I'd take Vandy minus the points. I think that UConn's, that was a Super Bowl. I don't, or something last week against that, that big Wyoming Connecticut rivalry. Um, I just, I just want to <laughs> say here. I think there might be more people in attendance at this game from the state of Connecticut than from the state of Tennessee. Cause I don't know if you guys have ever been to a Vanderbilt game, Yeah, but a lot of those students are from Connecticut. They came there because they didn't get into Yale. Most of their baseball um, team. Yes. Um, yeah. Throw that, throw that shade dog. And they're all related to Carl Ustremski. So 
Um, yeah, this is a uh, this is an ugly game. I, I think Vanderbilt is gonna cover, and it's, it's as sad as that is, this is their last one of the year, though. Yeah, I've got under three and a half for Vanderbilt on the season win total. This should be the last oh, one. So comfortable. So I think I'm in the clear because <laughs> they'd have and, to win two more games. <laughs> yeah, and that's not gonna happen. So which one do you, Austin, which one do you feel better about? That win total or Arkansas under six? Oh, God. Unfortunately, Vandy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would trade. <laughs> I would gladly lose the Vandy bet if Arkansas went under six. But um, so it's correlated. I may circle back to this. I haven't done much dumpster diving. None of us have, for that matter, this year in games like this. But that total is too low. So if I don't have a third lock, I'm coming back for that over. UConn has given up 45 to Fresno State, who's pretty good. They gave up 38 to Holy Cross in week two. <laughs> they gave up 49 to Purdue. 50 Crusaders. Yeah, 52 to Army. Vandy's getting into the high 30s here for sure. UConn, if they can just give me 17, 17 or 20, I think we go over 52. So I may come back to that later. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree with Austin here. I uh, or really with all parties. I think I think Vandy covers this line. You know the the tricky thing about that Wyoming game. Yeah, it shouldn't have been that close to begin with. It was what twenty four to to sixteen uh, when UConn got the ball with like four minutes to go, and it took two or three first down penalties on fourth down attempts that UConn did not make for UConn to continue that drive and, and score. So it was like a, a perfect storm of UConn scored with four seconds left, then went for two and didn't get it to tie the game. So, yeah, I mean, it was a two-point game, and it shouldn't have been – I mean, even at eight points, it's probably too close, uh, given that Wyoming's one of the few uh, undefeated teams left. But that said, UConn's been blown out by literally everybody else on their schedule. I mean – other than maybe Holy Cross, who won 38-28. And, I mean, Holy Cross, that's like – they've not been relevant since, like, Rudy. He, he, the movie was out. And, and so, you know, I just um, – I think Vanderbilt covers here. I almost want to lock it in. I, I'm, I might come back and lock that line in, uh, 14 and a half. Yes, I would be taking the Vanderbilt Commodores and laying 14 and a half. But I think that strongly about how bad UConn is. <laughs> Wow, what an incredible pull from Ben there with Rudy and Holy Cross. That's <laughs> that's fucking top notch right there. Um, yep. All right, last game before we take a break. Number twenty two Auburn at LSU. Uh, look, let's call a spade a spade. Uh, Auburn should have lost last week. Um, they were gifted a game by the officials. Where have you ever heard that before? Um, They're in Death Valley last year. Curls. Yeah. yeah. In Death Valley, 8 p.m. ESPN. Uh, LSU's given two and a half here. I laid the points. I think I'm leaning towards LSU here just because of the better athletes. And I think Max Johnson's actually okay at quarterback. And look, I I just think that the Auburn family is going to be stupid enough to force uh, Brian Harson to start Bo Nix at quarterback. And if they do, Holy shit, lay the fucking mortgage on LSU because I just think Death Valley night game, it gets kind of weird, and I just don't think Auburn's very good. 
Yeah, I mean, don't look now, but uh, LSU's one losses to number 20 UCLA. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they did lose to Fresno, but maybe UCLA's not that bad. And Max Johnson is actually pretty good. Uh, you know, he doesn't have a lot of turnovers this year. They're at home. Auburn, and I don't like doing this, but Auburn hasn't won at LSU wait, since before 2000. Something like that. What? Yeah, I mean, they never, they've not won in Death Valley in like. I think it's eight. Is it 89 or 99? It might have been twice in Tuscaloosa since they won in Death Valley. Yeah. Probably. Yes. Yes. Hold on. And so. Let me see. I think it's 99. Uh, I think it's 99 too, but it's probably just. Go ahead, Zach. Well, I was going to, I pulled up Winsipedia. Auburn won in 93 in Baton Rouge. 97, 99. Understand yeah. that those are the Denardo years. Like, I'm going to say 99 Auburn had Rudy Johnson playing running back. Um, that might even have even been before him. But um, either way, I think LSU wins That's- this game. Just go real quick, away. Ben, to, to tell you how bad that LSU team was, that Auburn team that won in blowout fashion in Baton Rouge, uh, 41-7, that Auburn team finished 5-6. and six. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I believe there it. You there you that go. Would be, um, that would be Tommy Tuberville's first year at Auburn? Maybe second, uh, 99? No, first year because Terry Bowden was ninety eight. Um, yep, this yep. was so. Yeah, Mississippi State finished second in the West that year. I, LSU finished last. I don't think you come back from from being helped in beating Georgia State to winning in Death Valley. It's it's kind of surprising to me that L, three and one LSU with one loss to use number 20 UCLA is not back in the top 25, whereas Auburn is number 22 and they're, they have one loss to Penn state, but per the eye test, LSU is a much better football team here. I'm, I'm actually going, what's the line? Three, three and a half. Can I get two and a half? I'm oh, seeing I three. Got two on and, I got, I got two. I got two and a half. Let's you may have Vegas insiders up. That's what I'm give, give me just a second. I've got Vegas insider up. Well, well, yeah, while, can, while you're look, go ahead. If I can get three or two and a, I can get two and a half. Okay, at two and a half is at uh, Fanduel. I'm laying the points. Give me LSU. You locking them in? Lock it in. Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback on top of that and agree with you. I totally forgot that they put Smoke Monday up on their shoulders last week after his pick six to beat to to finish off Georgia State. That's the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my 31 years of, of, of life on the planet. They had a pick six to close out Georgia State, and they put Smoke Monday on their shoulders on the sideline as though they had just won a national title game. That was about three minutes real time after an Auburn player scored a two-point conversion late in the game and went over to the Georgia State fans and were waving by. Georgia State, this is a literal <laughs> commuter school. In Atlanta, give me LSU minus the points, too. I, I forgot that. It's been a long week, and I totally forgot. That was the dumbest celebrating of a bad Sunbelt team I've ever seen before. Auburn's trash. And to, 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 have to struggle that badly with Georgia State team, give me LSU. 
regardless of what happens up in to the point of Ole Miss Auburn, Ole Miss should be. And I, look, spare me of the history of Ole Miss playing on the plains. I don't give a fuck. That line should be like minus ten and a half at the least, because Auburn sucks. Yeah, I agree so, here. I think we all liked the Harson hire. Everybody in this group did, but it's a little concerning, or I'd be concerned if I were an Auburn yeah. fan, that he's already scapegoating wide receivers coaches and shit. Like he's oh, yeah. firing yeah. dudes no, at this I, point in the season. I loved Harson as a candidate. Yeah, I w- I'm wondering if he just like wasn't ready for the attention that you get down here. I, I mean, what you got at Boise State was I, I don't know this. I'm not from from Idaho. Was probably a very loving media and no one in your conference that really challenged you all that much and yeah. certainly no one in your own to state, a state that, with Paul Feinbaum. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Where, and I get it. The Auburn media, you know, loves Auburn just as much as anyone could possibly love a school, but th- you also have the Alabama media right there and you've got the Georgia, you know, the Atlanta market right there. There's a lot more pressure. And I'm just wondering if maybe we just didn't see the issues here. But he's out here, he's he's blaming things on the previous coach a ton, which, you know, there's a fine line. You should kind of put the failures on the previous coaching staff to give yourself a little more credit. But at the same time, it, it just seems like he's already looking for tons of excuses and in year one. Well, I, I, things are crazy. Well, and, 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 and we, I don't we think glossed he, over what – go ahead, Zach. Well, I was going to say, I don't – I think he vastly underrated the – craziness of the family at Auburn because Mm -hmm. that's been the rumor of why he fired the receivers coach was a lot of pressure from the, I don't know if it was Tim cook who it was, it doesn't matter, but I think he, he was getting pressure to put the blame on someone and maybe there was some bad blood there with the receivers coach whose name is escaping me, but um, yeah, fire. That's almost as dumb as firing Clay Helton in week two. Yeah, yeah. Whatever problems Auburn has on offense, and they have many, it, they were not the fault of the wide receivers coach. So um, I'm with you. I'll lay the yeah. points with LSU. I think this could get ugly. Actually, like three touchdowns, ugly. Like yeah. LSU is not bad. UCLA is pretty damn good, and that was a tough matchup with LSU early in the year because Chip Kelly's offense they do some some funky stuff. I mean shifts and their runs with the DTR at quarterback. Um, I think LSU is actually still okay, and I think they're much better than Auburn. All right. Did everybody say their say their piece about this one? Oh yeah. All right. We're gonna take our break, hear from the other sponsors. When we come back, we're gonna talk Ole Miss Alabama, and then we will give the rest of our locks as Austin and myself have yet to give any. So we've got plenty more to talk. So hang tight, we'll be right back. It's Zach again, Podcast Rebellion, to remind you of our lovely sponsors here at the show. If you like New Orleans-inspired cuisine, go see Kelly English and the good folks in Memphis at Second Line or Restaurant Iris for some fantastic food and cocktails. You can also travel down to the coast to Magnolia House in Biloxi at Harris Gulf Coast. Blackjack, craps, slots, southern cooking, 
cocktails. What's not to like? All three fantastic establishments, part of the Kelly English Restaurant Group. Good food, good people, good cocktails. It can't be beat. That second line, Restaurant Hours in Memphis and Magnolia House in Biloxi. Speaking of good food, if you're in Oxford, go see Greg and the good folks at LB's Meat Market, the inaugural sponsor of this year's podcast, on University Avenue, across from Kroger. Celebrate with the best protein for your almost grilling needs with Greg and the rest of the folks there. And be sure to tell them that Red Cup sent you for exclusive deals and promotions. Remember, the Philly combo is back for just $10 right now. And you've got your lunch specials 11 to 3.30, Monday through Friday. That's LB's Meat Market on University, across from Kroger. Arby's is full of shit. LB's has the meats. Speaking of Oxford... If you're looking to get some libations going, be sure to check out Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery. It's a quick little eight-minute drive south of Oxford on Old Taylor Road, and it's the only spot in the Magnolia State for a true grain-to-glass gin experience. The space is fantastic. Chan and the rest of the guys there are doing some fantastic stuff. Uh, go there, get a tour, do a tasting, or you could do both. Inquire about maybe renting it out for a private event, maybe a anniversary, a wedding reception, a rehearsal dinner, something. The place is amazing. That's Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery in Taylor, Mississippi. And be sure to follow them on Instagram for all their latest updates and uh, comings and goings there at Wonderbird. Speaking of libations, if you're in Memphis, and you're looking to stock the cooler this year, Old Dominic on South Front Street is your place to go. Just like Wonderbird, you can go there for a tasting, for a tour, or both. And be sure to check out the rooftop bar, which is super awesome, has some great views of downtown Memphis, of the Mississippi River. Uh, you can try their Healing Station High Rye Bourbon, the Memphis Toddy, the Memphis Vodka, or the new Honey Bell Vodka. You can get it all there or at your local package store. So celebrate with that Healing Station bourbon a very small batch high rye bourbon by the folks at Old Dominic. It's a bold classic whiskey with notes of stone fruit, dark cherry, and just the right amount of spice and heritage that dates back to 1866. You can enjoy it neat or even in your favorite cocktail like an old fashioned. It's got a mash bill of 52% corn, 44% rye, and 4% malt. Healing Station stands alone in its category of high rye bourbons. So you could do that or you can enjoy a quick taste of Memphis Toddy before the game this weekend, and then you can wind down with that healing station afterwards. So, like we always say, ask your pa- ask, ask your package store where you can find Healing Station by Old Dominic. And, as always, OD encourages you to share a sip responsibly. And last but certainly not least, if you're in the market for a new vehicle, make it a Clark Ford vehicle. Corey Clark and the rest of the folks in Amory, Mississippi on Highway 25 are committed to finding you a new vehicle today. Be sure to browse their inventory online, request more information about the vehicles, set up a test drive, and inquire about financing all online. If you want to do it a little old school, maybe uh, conversate via telephone, you can give them a call at 662-257-1900 and get in a new Ford today. And we are back here, Podcast Rebellion. All right. 
enough is enough. Let's get into it. We talked a little bit before we hit the record button. I know we've got some takes out there. A certain someone is going to be singled out as a saboteur, (laughs) but no hard feelings. Number 12, Ole Miss, at number one, Alabama, 230, CBS. It's going to be the game of the day, in my opinion, because as we talked about earlier, I think we all agree that Georgia is going to run away with that top 10 matchup against Arkansas. This one is going to be all the storylines, all of the fireworks that you can think of. I've already put in a prediction on another website, uh, rebelgrove.com. For those of you that know, I put out my prediction. I think Ole Miss is in a fantastic spot here coming off a bye week. And I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent here. I will try to keep it as minimal as possible because everybody's got to say how they feel about this game. But look, a lot of times when I'm gambling real money on games, I look at pretty much like two or three things. I look at the line of scrimmage. I look at quarterbacks and I look at who is calling the plays. Line of scrimmage could be a push, maybe lean slightly Alabama just because of their defense and they have the better roster. I think Ole Miss's offensive line is actually better than than Alabama's offensive line. But the other two areas, quarterback and play calling, Ole Miss is the runaway favorite in both of those categories. Matt Corral right now is the best player in the country. He has taken the lead in the Heisman odds. Um, Shout out to anybody that got that at plus 5,500. Whoever you are, that's pretty dope. Um, And then Lane Kiff and Jeff Levy, uh, I just think that they're going to find something in Pete Golding's defense. They're going to find a weakness. If it's one thing, if it's two things, if it's five things, and they are just going to fucking beat that into existence until they cannot anymore. Um, a year ago, Alabama's offense was incredibly explosive. They were number one in points per play. They were top three in yards per play this year. They're in the twenties in points per play and they're in the fifties in yards per play. Um, I think that that's going to force Alabama to have to have extensive drives where they have to put together seven, eight, nine play drives to score. I think that gives the defense that DJ Durkin and Chris Partridge have completely revamped uh, chances to force him into a mistake. And I think the just absolutely assassin mindset that Matt Corral has been in in the first three games and how focused he's been and how he has been very patient taking what the defense has given him. I think this offense is going to find something, whether that's running the football, whether that is, you know, finding something over the middle with Dontario Drummond or Casey Kelly or Jacor Pearson, or if they're going to just test them deep with Braylon Sanders or Jonathan Mingo, I don't know what it's going to be. I just have had this feeling for two weeks now that Ole Miss is going to go in there and just rough up Alabama. Um, I'm not saying it's going to be a blowout, but I'm thinking like a 45-33 type win. I think it's going to be convincing, and I think that people are going to have to really pump the brakes on the national championship hype. I could be completely wrong. I've had this feeling for ever since 
the two-lane game was over. I just don't think that Bryce Young can keep pace with what Matt Corral and this offense can do. I am absolutely giddy for this game because I think both sides of the football, Ole Miss has shown nothing, and they are going to be just – it's just going to be fun to watch because the offense has been super vanilla, and I'm interested to see what Durkin and Partridge cook up to try to confuse Bryce Young and 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 really get after the Crimson Tide offense that is – as weird as it is to say, it's just kind of okay. Um, I think Ole Miss wins this football game, plain and simple. Soapbox over. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that Bryce Young is a good quarterback. I mean, I think he benefits from playing for Alabama. I really do. But I think that kind of anyone is. I, I think that. If you're asking me who the best player in the country is, without a doubt, it's Matt Corral. And I, I just think that we kind of – I don't know. The, the Heisman stuff started a little too early for Bryce Young. I mean, he was a third favorite coming into the year before he played a game. Might have been second favorite, honestly. It's almost like they're giving it – they're talking about Bryce Young being a Heisman candidate just by default uh, and no one else is there. Um, I, that said, I do think he's a very good – quarterback but there's not anyone on this Alabama offense that I feel like would we would be talking about in previous years would y'all agree with that I mean there's certainly no Derrick Henry there's no Najee Harris there's no Brian Robinson at least I don't think so in in the backfield and I don't think the wide receivers are up to it I mean y'all remember I was watching a clip from the 2014 game earlier they got OJ Howard there at tight end there's no OJ Howard on that team Amari Cooper there's no Mark Cooper, there's no Calvin Ridley. There, I mean, there's, not, there's none of those guys. Kenyon Durante Smith. They'll probably still score 50. You know what I mean? It may take 60 to win the game. The, the point isn't that they're not talented. They're, they're supremely talented. But it's just not quite maybe the, that level of name cachet. And maybe it's just because it's early in the season and, and I haven't watched them enough. But it feels like the Alabama offense is not quite as dominant. I mean, they have beaten a Miami team that, is I don't think all that great. Uh, then they played a Florida team and scored 31 points on them and were pretty much lifeless there in the second half. Their other two games were against Mercer and Southern Miss. So, you know, and, and, Nick, and they – Nick, give that example that you gave before the show about the order of playing games. Oh, yeah. I said this – I think I said it last week. If Ole Miss had beaten a 3-0 and Louisville team – that three and O Louisville team would have probably Louisville's been, currently three and one. Correct. Yeah, yeah, Louisville's currently three and one. Had we played them they, last week, they played pretty well since Ole Miss. Rough. They up. have. They they would have. They probably wouldn't have been ranked, but they'd have probably been receiving a lot of votes at three and O. You know, a Louisville team that oh, is Scott Satterfield getting everything going up there in Louisville? They got a big game against Ole Miss. If Ole Miss came out and smoked Louisville when both teams were three and O, I mean, I just think that it's kind of a different narrative, and I think if Alabama plays a Let's assume – well, I think they're actually fixing to beat Virginia. But, you know, if they they had pl- played a, a Miami team that had just lost to Michigan State uh, and Alabama ran the score up on them, I don't think you'd be seeing the same thing. I really – but but what happened with Louisville is they, they got smoked by Ole Miss and everyone quit talking about them for a few weeks. And it's not a bad Louisville team. So, I really think that that order of play kind of skewed things a little bit from you thinking that Louisville is a decent team. And I, I think that – I think they were. And I mean, we smoked them. And, you know, I don't know. I don't want to get ahead of my skis. I kind of feel like I am by saying Ole Miss is going to win the game. 
deep down, I mean, Alabama is still Alabama. There's still Nick Saban. A little bit of me worries that Kiffin might have thrown the kitchen sink last year. And, you know, I don't know if y'all saw the quote in the last, I think it came out this morning, and he said that, or Saban said that, you know, Kiffin had kept a notebook of every single thing that he said it was hard to defend. And he said after the game, I threw every one of those at you at you tonight, talking about last year's game in Oxford. And that worries me just like maybe like a 1% to think maybe that was our best shot last year. And Saban, is better though. He is. This no, year. certainly. But what if – but it wasn't enough at home last year, you know. Right. And, and we've got – obviously, I think we've got lesser receivers than we had last year just because of how good Elijah Moore was. Now, the defense is better, but that's not really a Kiffin thing. That's, you know, that's on the defense. But I just think that we could still be better than last year and the fact that it's at Alabama and, and lose by seven points. I mean, it, would it surprise you guys if Bama scored – to win, you know, 47-41 in the fourth quarter. I don't think that would shock anybody. So the defense is still, you know, the concern. And I just – I'm hoping that we didn't shoot all of our bullets, you know, last year against Alabama. That that worries me just a little bit. I, but I, I also think that Kiffin is, is smarter than to, than to know what he had last year. I mean, obviously, he knew this year was probably going to be a better chance than last year. So that's my thoughts on the game. Austin, you go. Yeah, I don't want to be too, you know, strident in my objections here because I'd love to be wrong, clearly. Like, I want the Rebs to win as badly as anybody does. I just – I think they cover. I think we cover. I, I just don't know that we can pull out an outright win in Tuscaloosa. I think the margin between Alabama's offense and our defense is significantly larger between the margin – I'm sorry, larger than the margin between our offense and their defense. Like Matt Corral is the best player on the field, will be, hands down in my opinion. But I don't think our offense is so much better than their defense that we can, you know, get into the 60s, which it may, it may take to win outright. I think our defense has made huge strides. They're continuing to get better. They're going to be even better next year probably. We've got a lot of young talent. I just don't know that late in the third quarter and the fourth quarter, if Saban and company decide to line up and run the ball down our throats, if we can do anything about that. And not only does that have, you know, an impact on the scoreboard, if they're literally just running the ball up and down the field on us, that keeps Matt Corral off the field. That keeps our best weapon, probably the best player in the country on the sidelines. I'm not sure that we can do anything about that. I've liked the, the stack, Three three five or the the strong nickel that we've been playing all year. I think it's been really effective. I think it's been a curveball to people because we didn't put that on film last year. But I don't know that you can do this against Alabama. I, I do agree. This is not the Alabama of years past. There is no Derrick Henry on that roster. There's no Mark Ingram on that roster. They don't have Leatherwood at tackle, but they're still pretty damn good. All those dudes are still blue chip players. Um, I just worry that Again, late in the game, I worry that our lack of depth is going to rear its head and that we're going to be competitive for a half and three quarters. And in fact, I think we're competitive the entire game. I don't see Alabama blowing us out at all. But um, Nick's score of 47-41, yeah, I mean, that feels that feels reasonable for me. Like, you know, 42-38 Bama, 45-40 Bama, that feels doable. Um, I will say this. Over the last couple of years, 
we've not been able to rely on our special teams in close games. Um, we can this year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I know it's the, the total set at 79. You're expecting a shootout. We're not expecting it to come down to a last second field goal. But say we do find ourselves in that position this year, I, I am confident that that Caden Costa can deliver the win for us. I, we've just got to keep it within that sort of field goal range, that three-point range. And I think that's easier said than done. I, I share Nick's concern that we may have emptied the clip last year in that game against Bama. We may not have anything left that they haven't seen. Now, they still have to execute against us. So even if they are expecting it, they still have to execute, again, against the best player in the country and a really potent offense. I do worry that we don't have a receiver that can create separation like Elijah Moore did last year. But um, if you want a curveball, here's the curveball. We haven't seen Hudson Wolf really yet this year. He was injured in the summer right. in fall camp. Hasn't gotten a ton of reps. I think he has played in limited action. I think he played a little bit against uh, Austin P. maybe. But Bama cannot cover the tight end. They haven't covered the tight end all year. If, if you want a long shot, you know, place 25 bucks on long shot odds here. What if Hudson Wolf has a coming out party? Hey, Alabama wanted him bad. Yeah. Yeah. If that tells you anything. Well, what about you, you just said coming out party, and I'm thinking about Ole Miss scoring some points, and I'm, I'm going to let Ben go here in a second, but I'm really liking the Ole Miss over – I think it's over 32 and a half mm-hmm. team total. I feel like that's a good bet. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, that's first of all, it's an odd number, 32 and a half. Teams don't really score 32 and 33 that often, especially 32. Like, that's a dead number. But um, you either score 31 or 34 or 35. But I just feel like Ole Miss is going to score 34 points at least, right? I mean, that's a – yeah. that feels like a pretty good bet to me. I thought about locking that in, honestly. And that's an implied first-half team total of, what, 17, you're thinking? Yeah. Yeah, maybe 18, you know, 17 and a half, 18. I, I, I think that's a good bet, too. I mean, I, I just think Ole Miss is going to come out. If Ole Miss only has 17 points in the, in the first half, you better hope the defense is playing really, really well. Yeah. Before, is it my goodness, before Ben goes, if Ole Miss only has 17 in the first half, they're not. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're in trouble. Y'all think? If we only have 17 in the first half, yeah, I think I think that I mean, I mean, how many times are we gonna get the ball? Like that that seems like a pretty strict that's you know, let's say we have five possessions. Five we play three army? Of them. I don't know. Like <laughs> you, this is a, this if, is a th- if what y'all are saying is true, and Nick Saban is gonna kind of keep our offense off the field. This is a 13 maybe. possession game at least. Well, so I've gone back and forth on this and and part of me wonders is, you know, we're, we're competitive again. And we were we finished the year strong. And I'm going to use we as Ole Miss. Ole Miss finished the year strong last year and beat a decent Indiana team in the ball game. Came out this year and has just run through the first three opponents. Louisville's actually pretty good. Tulane took Oklahoma down to the wire. And don't let anybody fool you. They took Oklahoma down to the wire. I mean, they did. They had the ball. Late and they didn't get it on uh, for on the plus side of the field on fourth and short to continue their drive and may perhaps beat Oklahoma and they lost by five, 35 to 30. And I don't know every game's independent, but Ole Miss walloped them in the rain. I think Matt Corral is the best quarterback that we've ever had. Mm-hmm. I, I really do. I think he's yeah. let me 
let me rephrase that. The best college, he is playing better than any quarterback we have ever had while they were a college football player right now. Mm-hmm. And But there, there's a couple of things that concern me. One, we've not turned the ball over yet this year, other than two fumbles that were in, you know, garbage time, basically. Or, I mean, I guess and, you could say the and two one, was, And one of those was just a perfect hit on the football. It was. So we've not had – Matt Corral has not really had adversity this season at all. I mean, he's – we've pretty much played – more or less flaw and th- and that's a that's a that's a compliment to them because I, I it would be worse if I said well I mean he's used to throwing four interceptions a game you know what I mean like he he can come back from an interception because he throws them all the time now I like the fact that he hadn't thrown any but at the end of the day like at some point and maybe maybe he doesn't maybe we have the Joe Burrow 2019 LSU season and we just run through everybody and he throws for 50 touchdowns and three picks or whatever. And at the end of the year, he's the Heisman candidate or trophy winner. And we win the national title and everything's great. But, you know, at some point we're going to, we haven't trailed in a game yet. We have literally not been behind in a football game this year. So we've been in front of everybody and and that's going to bring me to this game. I think that this game has got a lot riding on the first half. I know y'all said, well, if Ole Miss doesn't score 17, I think it's a little bit deeper than that. I think Ole Miss needs to needs to be uh, the pace car here. I think we need to be to uh, be strong on the opening stretch. I think we need to lead, you know, go up 7, 10, 14, and really put Alabama on their heels because at that point, Ole Miss can really dictate the game. You cannot let Alabama get ahead by two scores or three scores or however – and, and and try and fight your way back in. Florida did it. I wouldn't try and test that two weeks in a row or two out of the last three weeks. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot rides on the fact, like if Ole Miss goes out and, and gets a lead early, uh, Ole Miss has a real chance at winning the game. If Ole Miss, if Alabama goes up big early, I don't really trust the defense yet. Not saying they can't do it, but I don't trust them enough yet to get some stops to get us back in the game. I mean, in 2014, okay, Alabama, we could talk all till we're blue in the face about the face mask touchdown at the end of the first half that game. Mm-hmm. And the, the truth of it was Alabama was up at one point 14 to three and Ole Miss outscored on 20 to three in the second half. Okay. That's a lot of stops on defense. Ole Miss got a lot of big stops. Go back and watch the second half. Ole Miss, if I'm not mistaken, punted to Alabama down 17 to 10 with seven minutes to go in the game. Ole Miss ended up winning that game 23 to 17. Seven minutes to go in the game. They were punting the ball back to Alabama. They scored two more touchdowns before the end of that game. you got to be able to get stops against them. In 2015, Ole Miss goes up huge. And I think this is kind of more of the recipe of how we're going to have to beat Alabama. I'm not saying you have to 43-24? Do what? Wasn't it 43-24 Ole Miss was up? Three scores. Something like that. But we went Mm -hmm. up twice, if you remember. Mm -hmm. I think we were up 27 to 10 at one point. And then we went up again 43 to 24. Like Alabama came back and then we extended it out again. They had two mass exoduses. And and, and the the point of that is, is I don't know that we necessarily have to get the fumbled kickoff to beat them. But we do need that. The 2015 defense, let's call it for what it is. And it says, no, they were good. 
that was, I mean, the I don't think Channing Ward started. Channing Ward would be one of the best players on our team this year mm-hmm. on defense. And, and so front seven, that team was nasty. I mean, nasty good with top with five star players on the field. I mean, we're talking, I mean, we don't even remember some of those guys. Isaac Gross, CJ Johnson, Robert Kim Dietschy, Marquise Haynes, uh, Channing Ward. Name like it, it's just really good players. I mean, we had what Keith Lewis, Sardarius Bryant, Mike Hilton, Trey Elston. I mean, name one of those guys that wouldn't start on this defense. Mm-hmm. They, was, every single Ken, one of them. Kendarius, Kendarius Webb, pre-knee injury. Mm. Pre-knee injury, Kendarius Webster. And the point is, Alabama stormed their way back in that game. And people forget, but Jake, Jake Coker didn't even start. No. They started Cooper Bates. Oh, and, and Alabama benefited from an illegal, illegal touching that wasn't called on the onside kick. Onside kick, yeah. But y'all so, nailed it. I, so, so Ole Miss was up 30 to 10 with 357 mm-hmm. left in the third quarter. And then as Chris Fowler, partial here because this is an Ole Miss pod, one of his better calls when Laquan Treadwell mossed Cyrus Jones, 24-yard touchdown, and Chris Fowler said that might be the kill shot. Laquan Treadwell hit the dab. That was 43-24 with 10 minutes left. And then Alabama basically stormed back to make it look much closer than it was because Hugh Freeze was coaching not to lose at that point. That's correct. And and the game really wasn't that much in doubt. But the point being is that defense was was very good. I mean, they they stymied a lot of teams and they were good in 14 and 15. They still had a lot of swagger. And I'm not saying this this defense we have right now is just unproven. But but nevertheless, Alabama still stormed back, I mean like violently with a with a worse quarterback at that time. They didn't have as good now they had a much better running back and much better receivers. I mean they got guys like Ardarius Stewart. I mean guys we don't even talk about were on that team. You know, so so I say all that to say we have gone over there with you know and won the only time in, in my lifetime that we've gone over there and won Nick and I were there with a really good team with a much better defense. And Alabama was frankly worse on offense back then. Mm-hmm. And and it, mind you, they did have Derrick Henry. But we – I mean, it took everything we had to win. And I think we won the turnover battle like four to nothing. Mm-hmm. It was like four to zero. And they, they – I mean, say what you want. When you get the ball on like the 15-yard line going into score from kickoff, like – what, how, I mean, of course you're supposed to punch that in. Mm-hmm. It, I, I'm afraid it, it, here's, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to switch gears now back to the, back to this game. Ole Miss, uh, because it's going to be like, man, it, it, that was just the wettest blanket compared to what I'm thinking. Yeah, that took a turn to negative town. <laughs> it, it did. It did. I, I'm almost talking myself out, but I'm not going to. I'm, I'm on Team Zach here. I, my fear, this is me playing devil's advocate myself. My fear is that we're finally know that we're going to be competitive with them because it's been a while since that happened. I mean, even last year, even though we played so well, that shocked everybody. Did it shock y'all? I mean, the, the previous yeah, few yeah, years, they beat us, what, 66 to 3 mm-hmm. and 66 mm-hmm. to 10 and 62 to 17 and whatever it was. I mean, we didn't know. 
if we would ever compete with Alabama again, they were blowing us off the map. It's like Nick Saban was so mad for those two years that he was just running the score up against us. And I think sometimes he actually wasn't doing it on purpose. They were just that much better. And <clears throat> uh, so to this game, though, I, I, the devil's advocate me is like, I'm just worried that we think that we're going to win because we're going to be competitive in the game and, and or we expect to be competitive in the game rather than saying we're going to win because we're going to win. I'll tell y'all, I've said all that, and it was wet blank and all that. I think it's the second. I think that this is Matt Corral's, uh, what, the last three Alabama home losses were Joe Burrow. Um, I don't think uh, Chad Kelly. Chad Kelly and Johnny Manziel. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Elite company. Matt Corral is in that company, though. He has that feel to him on a game. He tilts the field in his favor. I mean, he just does. The The one thing that concerns me with this game is I'm hoping, and Austin barely touched on this, I'm hoping we have a guy that can get some separation uh, at, from the receiver standpoint. Last year we had Elijah Moore. Man, Elijah Moore could get five-yard separation from any defensive back in the country. I mean, he could find a hole in the defense so easily. And while our receivers have performed so well this year, they're more bigger-bodied guys. They're not – I mean, Braylon Sanders is very fast. I'm not saying they're slow, but they're not like that five foot nine, super-quick player that Elijah Moore was. Uh, you know, and I, so I say I would say I think Ole Miss is going – I think that the pauses are – we're as good of a running team as we've ever been in my life. Um, our offensive line is very good. I'm with Zach. I think our offensive line is better than their defensive line. I think our running backs are better than their linebackers. I think our quarterback is better than their secondary. So I think our offense is not going to have any issue scoring. That's not going to be the problem. I think over 32 and a half is an easy bet, Nick. Uh, on the other side, I think our defensive line is fine when it comes to like Sam Williams getting a pass rush a little bit. I think the three two six is a little funky for Alabama and might work. And they don't have Derrick Henry now, or or you know whoever, just name Trent Richardson, Mark Ingram, whoever. Name your Alabama running back of the day, Sean Alexander. Even they don't have that guy back there, and they do have a young quarterback. Is our defense good enough to hold? I mean, I'm not saying anything that nobody else said to hold a offense led by a freshman or a sophomore hold them just enough for our offense to outscore them? I mean, that's the question. I think it is. I mean, I, I lean I lean with Zach, 45-33. I think it's Ole Miss is up four or five late, and Ole Miss punches in another one to go up to win it by more than 10 points, and Matt Corral catapults himself to like a minus 170 Heisman favorite. Oh, yeah, really? he's minus 250. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a huge favorite. He's the guy I really that think that's the end. And I, I know that was a super long run. I'm sorry. But, like, all of this is going through my head because I'm trying to think of all the times we beat Alabama. Like, what has it had? Well, we've had one of the very best defenses we've ever had, and we've had stellar quarterback play. Well, we know we're going to get the good quarterback play, but I think our offense is just so much better than it was back then. I really do. The one place where we're weak that we could really pick on Alabama back in 14 and 15 was Evan Ingram. I mean, that dude dominated them. My thing, y'all both mentioned it, 
and by both Ben and Austin have brought the three, two, six. I still think that they've got something up their sleeve. I think they're going to probably start there. And then if they start to see something crack a little bit, I think they're going to be able to, to move to a three, four or do something to confuse Bryce Young. I, I do think that, I mean, look, the offense and defense has been super vanilla through the first three games. They haven't had to do much. I know the offense has got some shit cooked up. There is some stuff that they have not even come remotely close to putting on film that they are going to bust out on Saturday to really give Nick Saban an absolute fucking aneurysm. But do I have a yeah. third lock I need to give? Let me give my third lock right quick. Ooh. So y'all can go. My third lock is Ole Miss Moneyline. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Let's fucking go. Good Lord. Do What's I get it? two wins if they win? It's plus 500. It's plus 500. You might as well. I, I yeah, mean, you can have it. My God. This is the – I mean, this right here is just I, – I said I just told y'all. This is this is this podcast Alva. I mean, <laughs> this, I mean, come on. All right, either, let me ask you this before y'all start the locks. Get have busy you listened to a single TV show? Dying. Have you listened to a single podcast? And I've consumed a lot of information on this game because obviously when Ole Miss is playing well, we're going to watch and read and, and listen to as much as we can about it. You listen to one person. This is what scares me. You listen to one person who's convinced Alabama is going to run away with the game. The, well, what worries me is the only people that are saying that are usually pretty sharp dudes. Like, like everybody from like, you know, Joe Public to Portnoy to everybody with a show is on all Miss. Meanwhile, like everybody the with a show. Yeah, yeah. 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 Vegas is still 14 and a half. Yeah, exactly. Hey, look, as as Jay Jenkins says, Jeezy, the fucking poet, scared money don't make no money. Well, I, I want to ease cons- some concerns about the, the Vegas stuff. If they had put this at seven to open mm-hmm. and the amount of money that would come in on Alabama would have just, I mean, would have overwhelmed the book and it would have quickly just risen up to 13. And so I, I think the, I think this is the books covering themselves because this would have just been, because it is more mm-hmm. likely than not that Alabama wins the game, right? I mean, that's Alabama, it's Nick Saban, right? In most people's eyes, it's more likely that Alabama wins the game. And I think that's the same to Vegas. They, 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 the, the goal is to get 50% on each side so that they're just taking the 10%. And I just think that they would have left themselves far too open if they had set this number too low because people would have said, what, what's wrong with this number? And they would have just hammered Alabama. And if Alabama wins by 10 points, which is not that – you know, absurd a scenario, then all of a sudden the books are just getting washed. So, I, I mean, I, I just think that, yeah, I see what y'all are saying about like, well, the people that know, know, but I mean, they, they miss a lot. I, I mean, um, B- Bill C has a, uh, you know, the SP plus formula that does pretty good every week. I think last week it was 57%, but his average error on each game combined is 12 points. And that is like, almost the best of anything that they track 
nearly every single like decent or major publication that tracks absolute error on this is in the 15s uh, on absolute um, uh, points uh, per game total combined of the teams that's off. So point being is that Vegas is still off often. And I just think if they had put this number super low and Alabama had won, that they would have just gotten just taken a bath on it. So I don't think that that it's two touchdowns is that all that concerning, honestly. And by the way, I I think we stay within the number. So like the back door is going to be open with uh, with this Ole Miss offense against any double digit number. I mean, 10, 14, 17, whatever. If the ball's in Matt Corral's hands late in the fourth quarter, you know, I have no doubt that we kick in the back door. Um, I, I just wonder whether through four quarters our defense can keep us close enough for it to be, you know, not yeah. just a cover, but a straight up win. Look, I, I don't I think know this if y'all is... notice this, but I went against Mississippi State and Ole Miss Moneyline is locked on this podcast. <laughs> That's what kind of week I'm having. I, Happy I'll October. This. I'll say this from a betting standpoint, I think that this is the last time that Ole Miss is an underdog this season. And oh, for sure, re- right now, yeah. Re- regardless of what happens on Saturday. And I think that Lane Kiffin knows that in the back of his mind. And I think he's going to relish that edge of really coaching him up in the locker room. And he's done it all week in practice where it's like, man, nobody gives you any credit at this point. Everybody still thinks that you're shit. And I I think that he is using the rat poison that he always preaches. He's using that as motivation where it's like, look, you guys have done all of this and you know, you're still not top 10. You're not getting any credit. You know, the line opened at whatever the fuck it opened at at 20 or 17 and a half. Like they still don't think that you're worthy. I think that he is going to really use that this week. And, and I, I think it's going to pay off. I, I don't look it, it's, it's football. There's winners and losers. You know, we talk about this every week and we're either, you know, nailing it or we're completely off. So if, if things unfold the way Austin has talked about, I, you know, it, it's nothing crazy and Ole Miss's season is not over by any means. But with that said, I, I just, I, I have a sneaky feeling. And with the staff, I mean, this is the best staff that any Ole Miss team has ever had ever. They've got the best quarterback they've ever had ever the best player in the country. I just think that the stars are aligning at the right time and this early in the season with this Alabama team that they can get it done. Um, any any more final thoughts before we move on to locks? Just Anything last else? thing, last thing. If you're an Ole Miss fan, you're already rooting for this, but I think it's just worth mentioning, even if Ole Miss loses this game, if Matt Corral has a good game, he's still the front runner for the Heisman. Like if mm-hmm. Bryce Young loses the game, he's done. It's over. But mm-hmm. Corral can still lose and 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 with a good showing position himself as the favorite so Mm -hmm. even if we lose y'all root for corral i know you are anyway but let's let's hope he gets like six touchdowns with 500 yards or something crazy win lose or draw don't worry about it we're winning there it It is is what it is all right let's jump into the dogs are gonna win 30 to 27 (laughs) Let's, let's get into it uh i have yet to give one so i'll jump in right away um I've stuck by them through the early warts in September. 
I am not shying away here whatsoever. I am on Notre Dame. Plus two is what I'm seeing it as. Getting two points from the Bearcats. Mm-hmm. Does anybody see anything better? No, I like it. They've won 26 straight at home. I mean, I, exactly. It's, it's, it's disrespectful as hell for them to be a dog here. I'm, Cincinnati's good. Like, I think they're a really good team. I don't know how you make Notre Dame a dog at home. Yeah, I. if it was in the Queen City, I might possibly think different. But at Notre Dame, I, I, Cincinnati's a good team. Look, it, Jimmy's and Joe's, man. Notre Dame's got a better roster. I, Cincinnati struggled with Indiana. I was really thinking that the Bearcats were going to hammer the Hoosiers. They didn't. Um, I, I honestly don't really care. I'm not worried at all about the quarterback spot at Notre Dame. I think Kyron Williams is still one of the better running backs in the country, despite what they've done so far. Um, you got to remember the – the familiarity here, Marcus Freeman, the D.C. at Notre Dame, was at Cincinnati. So there's some – he knows what he's going up against. Um, I, I just really like the Irish as a home dog here. And let, let's like keep a, it here. Let's keep it here and let me get my lock in at under okay. 50. Do we have 50 and a half or 51, Nick? Uh, let's see. Give me – Ben, if you have Vegas Insider still pulled up. It's I think it's 50 and a half. So let's go under 50 and a half. Yeah, 15 and a half is what I got. Yeah, I was I was just about to say, Austin, I like a 24-20 Notre Dame win here. Yeah, I'm with you for exactly the same reasons you said. Look, Notre Dame's not very explosive on offense. Their defense actually hasn't been as good as I expected it to be this year. But I think Brian Kelly is going to adapt and slow the game down, run the football, lean on Cincinnati a little bit, because while Cincinnati is a good G5 team, they're still a G5 team. And I just wonder if late in the game, if after Notre Dame has been pounding the rock all game, if they don't wear down a little bit. So I think that's how you have to approach it. As you also said, Zach, you have familiarity on both sides of the ball here. Since he is familiar with Freeman, Freeman's familiar with Cincy and their personnel. So I think it's going to be a defensive battle. The box score from Cincinnati and Indiana was really misleading. Cincinnati, had some funky points late in the fourth quarter. That game was a stone cold under until very late in the game. And then since he put up like mm-hmm. 14 or 21 or whatever in the fourth. So I think this goes under. I was shocked to see a number above 50. I'm with you, Zach. 20, 24, 20 feels great. 24, 21. I think we cruise under. All right. I, um, I'll go next. I think Ben's Ben's wrapped up his locks. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, the over 62 and a half, excuse me, in Wake, Louisville. Uh, I think this Ooh. Louisville offense is secretly decent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of think they found their footing a little bit in part because Ole Miss turned off the gas and in part because they were just slow out of the gates in that, in that first half against Ole Miss. They were a lot better in the second half um, and, have, and have been pretty good since then. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at their points per game. I mean, obviously, you can't just go on points per game, but – they scored 30, 42, and 31 in their last, their next three games. Uh, Wake Forest has scored 37, 35, 41, and 42, albeit against an admittedly not very good schedule. I mean, Old Dominion, uh, Norfolk State, Florida State, and Virginia. So it's it's you know they're not exactly playing the 85 Bears, but they're putting up some points. And uh, I kind of think that that Wake Forest is riding the high. I think this is going to be a, a pretty good game from uh, um, as far as the ACC 
you know, what, what they provide to the, to the landscape. This is one of the better games over 62 and a half just tells me that one team's got to get to the mid thirties pretty much. And, and I, I kind of think that they're, you know, this is going to be a, uh, you know, 37, 31 type game. I think this is going to be kind of a comfortable over and I wouldn't be shocked if Louisville won this one outright, I'm not going to touch that, obviously. But, uh, yeah, give me that over 6 two and a half. Right. Yeah, I like the pick, and I completely – I think Louisville hangs around, which is good for your over. I think Louisville is going to hang in this game. Yeah. All right, Austin, you got one or you want me to go? Yeah, I'll uh, – let me go back to the well on a TCU over. I had the over last week in the their game against SMU. They're playing Texas this week. Um, I don't know what's happened to Gary Patterson and his defenses, but they have just fallen off the map. They give up explosive play after explosive play. No matter who they're playing, they gave up big plays to Cal. It's expected against SMU, but – no matter who's lining up opposite TCU, they seem to be able to get downfield on them vertically. I think Sark has found something since he's gone to Thompson and B. John Robinson still having a hell of a season. Texas's defense is, as Nick said, uh, 85 Bears reference, uh, they're, they're not exactly great themselves. So I think TCU can get into the high 20s, low 30s. So I'm going like 42 to 30 Texas here. I think we go over 65 easily. 65 is the number. Yeah, that's I, yeah. Last I just up. missed on my board. I think that's a good bet. Okay. All right. Um, I'm going to go next to East Lansing. Ooh. The Hilltoppers heading up there. Uh, don't know what the temperature will be. I'm sure it'll be just splendid. Um, Michigan State escaped last weekend against Nebraska. We were discussing the bad beat that I had in that one. I had the Spartans minus six and a half. They don't get the pick six in overtime to get the walk off. And then uh, <laughs> Kenneth Walker, the third missed it by a yard to get the yeah. walk off touchdown. Um, I think it was an emotional overtime victory. I really like what Mel Tucker's done up there. He's kind of, revamped that program in a really short span and they're mm. really physical. Um, he's getting some really good athletes up there. It's not your, your dad's Michigan state where they're just like hitting you in the mouth and playing like a, you know, winning by nine type shit. Like Mel Tucker's got some athletes. They're playing well. I think that this is going to be a hangover for the Spartans. Um, I, I think they still win the football game, but I like Western Kentucky to cover the 10 and a half. Um, we talked earlier about passing offenses. They're number two in the country in throwing the football. Um, I like them to cover here. Uh, it's a great spot for the Hilltoppers. Um, they played really well last week against a Big Ten opponent that I'm drawing a complete blank on who it was. I, I just remember it was Big Indiana. Ten. Indiana. Yeah. Indiana, yeah, 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 of course. Um, which uh, Nick nailed that one. They covered the nine. Um, again, I mean, could you, is it crazy for Western Kentucky to have the football, you know, down six points, seven points, um, right. And have a chance. I, no, I can I say, so. but yeah, I, I like this one here. Um, so give me Western Kentucky plus 10 and a half. Uh, yeah, that was, that's, that's a good one as well. Uh, all right, my last pick. Um, 
this is I I, I took uh, on the other side of Navy last week, but I don't think that and I lost and but I do not think that that Vegas yet has caught up to them. Uh, Houston last week just looked abysmal uh, defensively and just couldn't really stop anything early and couldn't get the defense going. Uh, they still won 28-20, but I, I just don't think that this is the same type. UCF is significantly better. I mean, they've put up points in every game. They put up 35 last week in a, in a loss to Louisville. Um, the, the spread is UCF minus 16 and a half. The only, I guess, thing that maybe gives me a little bit of pause is, is at Navy, but I just think that when a team like Navy running the triple option comes up against a team that is far more talented uh, than they are, they really struggle. I think they're going to struggle with UCF. I mean, like I said, last week, yeah, they put up 20. Uh, their previous two games were seven points against uh, Marshall and three points against Air Force. I think that this is much more like those first two than, than last week. And I just think that UCF is, is going to come out and dog them. And Navy's defense is, is downright awful too. I mean, uh, they're, 124th in third down conversion stops. Um, they are they are not getting uh, teams off the field on, on third down, and I think UCF takes advantage of that. Still a pretty good offense that they've got down there. So, I, yeah, my 16 and a half. Ooh, like that, I like Nick, I also like the fact that UCF had a bye week to prepare for the triple here. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, they've been working on that for two weeks. I mean, I could, I could see this, like, seriously, like 38 to three. Yeah. Yeah, Navy's bad. All right, one more for me. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Let's go out west. The Nevada Wolfpack against uh, Boise. I want the six and a half points. Um, Love Boise's it. win last week was really fraudulent. They played at Utah State. Utah State gained four hundred and forty-three yards, Good. but only scored three points. Like that's almost impossible. Um, Utah State ran the dumbest fake punt I've ever seen to give Boise field position <laughs> on like the twenty. Um, so I, I don't think Nevada is going to make those mistakes. Nevada has a really good quarterback, Carson Strong, better quarterback than Boise has. I don't know that Nevada can win it outright on the blue carpet up in uh, Boise, but I think they hang within this number. Uh, let's go like thirty-one, thirty. Boise wins. Nevada covers comfortably though. Yeah, I love this pick. Uh, Nevada beat a Power 5 team earlier this year. They won at Cal. Um, so they're no stranger to going on the road and playing spoiler. I, I mean, look, I also um, – <laughs> y'all could all roast me here live on the podcast, but we were talking earlier about transfer portal candidates at quarterback, and I mentioned Carson Strong, and y'all were all like, uh, no, that dude's getting drafted. <laughs> um, that dude, it, That dude is a dude. Um, yeah, he's a legitimate NFL prospect, and I I, I love this pick because I think he's going to have his way with Boise State secondary and keep it close. Um, it, sneaky, sneaky money line pick. Here's a bonus if you want something else. Sneaky money line there with with with, with the Wolfpack. Oh yeah, I don't I like hate it a lot. <clears throat> All right, my last one. UAB finally, <laughs> finally open the gates at Protective Stadium in Birmingham, 45,000 seats, brand new. It looks phenomenal. Um, actually excited to see what it looks like live. Um, they're going to have the whole grand opening festivities. Man, fuck all that, like, off-the-field distractions with this new stadium and how it's, you know, oh, it's just all this hype for the first game there ever, and they're going to lose. No. <laughs> just – I still don't – look, in all this – 
no disrespect to, to pro football focus because they do great work. And we had our guy, Seth Galina, on the podcast earlier this week um, who works for them. I don't understand why Malik Willis continues to get hyped for being an NFL prospect at quarterback. They lost to fucking Syracuse. I don't think that Liberty is that good. I think that just this is the perfect storm for Bill Clark to really settle in as a lifer, as a blazer. He's got his new stadium that, look, man, shout out to UAB. I mean, they were shutting the program down, and now they've got a brand-new football stadium, and they're favored against the Liberty Flames, who have a former Power 5 head coach that beat Nick Saban twice. Um I love UAB here. I think that Liberty is going to have a hangover from losing to Syracuse. And Bill Clark's teams always play really good defensively, sound, fundamental. I think they're going to play keep away, run the football, and just win a rock fight here. I love the Blazers here, uh, minus two. So, give me. I like it, man. UAB went on the road last week and beat Tulane. I mean, aside from the yeah. grand opening festivities and Liberty's hangover and all that, they got a pretty damn good team in general, UAB does. So I like to pick a lot. And they always do. They're yeah. The 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 marching blazers are gonna take the field for the first time. They're gonna raise that Conference USA championship flag. It, it's it's gonna be a big deal. Um, and I just I think that Bill Clark's team is going to relish this opportunity and, and, and really try to put a stamp on the opening of that stadium. So um, that's it for the locks. This has been a doozy of a show this week. I, I'm, I'm so excited for this slate. It, it's a lot of fun. Um, do we have any parting thoughts before we sign off here? Yeah, I think if you're in the area, you've got to go to that that Vanderbilt versus UConn game for a dollar. <laughs> Honestly, at this point, as a, as a local, um, and even if it's not me, I might encourage other friends that live in the area to try to see like how far you can push the envelope on like what you can sneak into a Vanderbilt game. Um, I, I don't know I if anybody else was there into a Vanderbilt game. Uh, I'd be probably, I mean, I don't know if, if anyone here was there, but I was in attendance for the encore to the dramatic win in college station when Shea Patterson oh, uh, pulled God. that game out of the fire. And then we went to Nashville and, and laid the egg. Well, I was in attendance with a couple buddies and uh, we snuck in a whole thing of pizza rolls and a bunch of beer. And uh, <laughs> it was zero. So you could take a Yeti cooler. Honestly, dude, you could probably tap a fucking keg in that stadium and they wouldn't care. Um, it's yeah. Um, yeah. I, again, excited for this slate. I think it's fun from top to bottom. Uh, even the games that we said we have no feel for, uh, we, I think it's good. And we didn't even talk about Michigan at Wisconsin. Um, so yeah. If we don't have anything else, Speak now, forever hold your peace. That is going to do it for week five of the Legal Gambling Council. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you to Austin, to Ben, to Nick for joining. It was good to have the band back together. Um, 2.30, CBS, you know the fucking vibes. We'll be there. Um, excited for that game. Just, you know, I don't want to say I don't care about the outcome because I do, but I, I just think it's a great opportunity 
for the program, for Lane Kiffin and for Matt Corral to really put a exclamation point on his Heisman campaign right now. So with that Rev's said, about 50. as I chug the end of this uh, Mickle Bob, um, we will uh, talk to you all next week. Stay locked in to RedCarpetBillion.com. We'll have tons of coverage leading up to Saturday's game. And uh, as always, like, subscribe, all that good shit. Um, thank you to y'all for listening. Thanks to the boys for joining. Thanks to all the sponsors. Until next week, we out.